Hi there, and welcome to the Homeschool Sisters podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Kara, and we're two homeschooling moms doing this homeschooling thing right beside you. We don't have it all figured out, but one thing we know for sure is that homeschooling is a lot easier when you have a sister by your side. Hey, Kate. Hey, Kara. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Excited to talk today. Yes. We have some housekeeping items we need to take care of, though. (laughs) Right off the top. (laughs) So we were talking in our official pre-production meeting, which is when we talk before we record our podcast. For like two hours. Yes. We catch up. And we just, we, we, there were a bunch of things we wanted to share with everybody. So the first one is, um, we've had a lot of people asking us lately if we're sisters. Actual Don't sisters. Don't I wish. We are not. <laughs> like in real life. Sadly, we are not actual sisters. We met on the internet. Just how many great love stories start. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I was actually stalking you. <laughs> But we, uh, we, no, I, I don't even remember. Like we started just following each other's blogs and reading each other's stuff. And we realized that we were obviously soulmates, you know, obviously different biological parents. Um, but we needed to, we needed to do this podcast together. So that's what happened. But there have been a couple of people where we've, in spirit. <laughs> where we've blown their minds. Like we've said stuff just like, oh yeah, but we've never met in person. And they go, wait, hold on, but you're sisters. <laughs> so we are not actually sisters. We needed to clear that up today. I wish we were. I, I think, do too. I think, that's, I think that's kindred spirits though. <laughs> Number two, we're in a goofy mood because we've been looking at Sam Smith's Instagram. <laughs> And someone else I stalk. <laughs> yes. S.D. Smith is the author of the Green Ember series of books, and we love and him. He's hilarious. And he's so funny. And he just announced, this is very exciting, that he is going to become a full-time author. He has quit his day job. He is going all in on this. And we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to support him. So we are going to send everyone we know to his Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, go ahead. Sorry. It will cheer you up. It will be the thing that will bring all the sisters out there joy because it's hilarious. Yes. His Instagram is SD Smithereens. S-M-I-T-H-E-R-E-E-N-S. And he posts such inspiring things as a plate of nachos (laughs) covered in meat and cheese (laughs) with a cute little bowl of broccoli by... (laughs) it and it says say yes blessed selfies and fresh nachos yolo successing hashtag pinterest ideas <laughs> hashtag self like hashtag gut health <laughs> the gut health one is my favorite <laughs> yes okay what was the other one we were laughing about oh. health. <laughs> yeah there's there's a picture of uh it appears to be a cheeseburger i'm thinking <laughs> You can't really see it because there's a lot of pickles involved. Yeah, there's like 19 pickles and some little baby carrots. And it says, Sam Smith's meals, witchcraft-free since breakfast. (laughs) And then it's got the guy crossing his arms and a clown. (laughs) Hashtag gut health. Hashtag smell fees. (laughs) Hashtag pickle health. Hashtag lifestyle blogger photographer my... (laughs) 
<laughs> no, photographer Jim fit self like Zen Zen Zen. <laughs> His hashtags are the best. Yes. So please support our good friend who has been, um, he has helped us with a giveaway and he has always been supportive to us. So my kids love his, we just lost ourselves in that series last winter and it has been one of my favorite read alouds to date and it's amazing. So if you haven't read his books, grab those too. And there's also an Instagram for the green ember official, yes, which you can follow too. Yeah. Although there's not very many pictures of pickles. There's no gut health hashtag. But it's still good, even without the pickles. Oh, my goodness. What a nut. We love that guy. Okay, number three. You were talking about you guys are going to do NaNoWriMo? NaNo... I guess. Nano, is it Remo? Rimo? I don't even, I've never had to say it out loud. I used to say Nano Remo, and then somebody pointed out to me that it's right. So it's Nano, it would be Nano Nano Rimo. You're right. So. Oh my gosh, I've been saying the wrong thing. But the thing is, do you really say it? Because I think everybody just hashtags it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Or they talk about doing it on, in written places. It's about writing. It's okay. It's that quote that you can never make fun of somebody for mispronouncing a, a word, a big word, because you know that they learned it through reading. So yes, it's like or that. small words because I didn't yes. know internet meme was meme. I thought it was meme. <laughs> Mimi, <laughs> Mimi. <laughs> it's okay. And then I said it once to my friend Colleen from Raising Lifelong Learners, and she was like, "What are you talking?" Well, we're, we were just talking about this too. We are, we are older people. We're, we're becoming slightly older people. How and we're we, doing those embarrassing things. Yeah. How can we be expected to keep up on all the things? And how can we be expected when we get locked out of our own Instagram account to not put the password in where the username goes? Why does goes it have to after lock a us while? out all the time though? Exactly. I, I don't know. I feel like technology has a mind of its own and likes to... Yeah. Mess up your day. Yes, I think it does. So, um, but you said that the way you do it actually avoids some technology, which I like. (laughs) We basically have done it every year for a few years now, but I don't log on. I don't have an account. (laughs) I don't use the website at all. (laughs) I just say we're doing it and we write on our, in our notebooks or on our computer. I think that's perfect. Readers are always like, oh, that's great. What's your handle? I'm like, actually, I'm not on there. You can't find me. That's fine. My daughter did it last year. My daughter and I did it. It was great. Every year she wrote, she really liked the website and she did the kids version and she really I liked think my it. kids would like it. But I just wrote in like Microsoft Word or whatever. And that was fine too. So mm-hmm. yeah, whatever works for you. I think it's a really good way to get kids writing. I think it gives a little bit of that like, um, Outside, it's not mom saying like write this many words today. It right. gives them like a goal of their own because in the kids version, they can actually set a goal of how many words to write. I think grown up version, you're supposed to write a set number of words, but in the kids version, there's a word count, right? Yeah, you can set your own goal, so they can set their own goal, which is kind of nice. And then it's a good way to encourage that natural writing that we like. Hashtag brave writer. <laughs> 
going to be the hashtag episode inspired by Sam Smith. <laughs> Except ours won't be as funny. <laughs> no. Hashtag gut health. Um, gut health. So hashtag audible sale <laughs> is number four. So many good books right now. It's like the Dangerous. one from summer all over again. So I'm loving this. I just saw just this morning. I was just like looking through. Remember you were talking about the Winnie the Pooh books and all those. So like mm-hmm. Winnie the Pooh, House on Pooh Corner. Those are included. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Paddington. Oh, such a good one. Henry Huggins. One of our favorite audiobooks. Um, Tom Sawyer read by Nick Offerman, who was Ron Swanson on Parks and Rec. And it's so I'm gonna have to get good. Really, really good. I think it makes Tom Sawyer very approachable. Um, because trying to read Tom Sawyer aloud <laughs> can be a That's little one of those intimidating. Books I can't read aloud. Yeah, yeah. So I think it um it's like you can you can officially check that box in your mind. My child has now is familiar with this classic. Boom. I did it. Hashtag success. I'm gonna stop now. <laughs> Hashtag classic. Exactly. I rocked it. And uh, speaking of classics, Pride and Prejudice, the one read by Rosamund Pike, is part of the sale, too. And Teaching from Rest is part of the sale. Ooh, good one. Yeah. So lots and lots of good stuff. And you do not need to be an Audible member to get the deals. Because what you can do is you can just go go through Amazon look for the audible version of the book you're looking for if it's part of the sale buy that and it's like a lot of them are 99 cents or $1.99 or a lot of them are 3.49 and then just download the free audible app and you can listen through the free audible app and you don't need to sign up for audible but if you want to sign up for audible the sisters have a deal for you Yes, we do. You can go to audibletrial.com slash sisters and your first book will be free. So if you get hooked on audiobooks, like we have been, like we've become hooked on audiobooks and you want to officially join Audible, just go to audibletrial.com slash sisters. Free book. Who doesn't like it's a free fantastic. book? It's, it's amazing how much reading you can get done just driving around doing errands. Yes. During the week, which has been our go-to. That's what we've been using Audible for. That's one of our favorite resets for the day now is that when things kind of start going off the rails a little bit, we hop in the car, we put in an audio book. Shauna Wingert taught me this. Um, You put in an audio book and then you go get ice cream and drive around. Perfect. (laughs) She's genius. And you know those days where you're just like ready to tear your hair out? It's magic. You drive around for a little bit, listen to an audiobook, get a little ice cream, or for me, and a giant iced tea, and everybody's happy again. <laughs> Yay. Okay. So, are you ready to climb into the Homeschool Sisters time machine? And we're going to go back. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. We're going to go back in time today. And we are going to talk about the early years when we had little tiny people running around. And even if you don't have little tiny people, if you're listening to this, I still think what we're going to end up talking about is going to cover a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of the way that, um, you know, what we've learned and 
reflection. Yes. And how we, uh, how it's formed our homeschools, the way we do them now. And so I think there'll still be lots of stuff here. (laughs) So we actually both started out when our kids were little, our kids went to preschool. They sure did. Four out of the five, right? Did all three of your kids went to preschool? Yeah, all three. Okay. And one of mine did. Your kids all completed preschool, right? No, the youngest did not. (laughs) Okay. So what happened? Okay. So my youngest went to preschool his first year and ended up getting sick all the time. He was only going two days a week. (laughs) So we basically feel like we donated that whole year's tuition (laughs) to the school (laughs) because he was clearly building his immune system and he'd show up one day and like lick something and then he'd be out the next week. (laughs) And I laugh about it now, but it really wasn't funny at the time. So then he went... I think he completed about half of his second year of preschool. And at that point I had, my oldest was home homeschooling and my, my daughter had asked to come home. And then I felt really silly after we pulled her from kindergarten to be paying tuition to send a preschooler to, I mean, it was play-based, but if I'm already homeschooling two kids, I can definitely manage some play-based activities here. So we pulled them. Okay. I want to say it was about January. Sort of similar to what happened with us. My oldest went for one year to the two-day-a-week cute little church preschool. Um, That's what I did growing up. That's what everybody I knew did with their kids. They go, first you go two days a week for a year, and then the next year you go three days a week. Um, It's very similar to ours. Yes. And so he, (laughs) he got in trouble a little bit. He... Uh, was a bit of a precocious kid and he had somehow figured out how to read. I still don't know how. And so he would get bored really easily. (laughs) So he'd get in trouble and I'd get held after school. Mrs. Anderson, he's not sitting on the line during story time. I think this is how I met you because that's my favorite post of yours of all time. Oh, thank you. I saw so much of my son in it. So he was, he wanted to play with the McDonald's playset, which admittedly was awesome, I have to say. And we did not have one of those at home. We had one of those at our church playgroup. Yeah. He wanted to play there. He didn't want to do the letter of the day worksheets. And so he just, he was bored and it just was not, not a great fit, even though there were so many wonderful things. The teacher was wonderful. She'd been doing it for like 35 years. She was just this sweet, perfect what you imagine when you think of as, you know, the perfect preschool teacher, you know, the families were nice. The church was nice. The building was, everything was good, but it just, it wasn't really working. So the next year we decided we were going to homeschool and we did for the first three months of the school year. (laughs) (laughs) And I made myself crazy. And one day in December, I called the cool Montessori style school in our town. And I said, do you take kids in January for, you know, half the year? And they said, oh, of course. So he started there and he did that for half a year and it was great. And he loved it and he learned a ton and he was able to move and everything was good. But at the end of the year, they said, he's reading at a certain level. So we're going to move him to the six to nine year old classroom next year, even though he would have been 
five. They were going to move him into that classroom and they wanted me to um, work on handwriting with him over the summer because he needed to get his handwriting to match up to his reading level. And you know, and I know now, I didn't know this at the time, that a lot of times kids develop this way, that one set of skills develops way out of line with another set of skills. So handwriting for him was torture. It was awful. He just really, really could not do it. And I thought, we're going to spend our entire summer with him in tears, and me probably in tears sometimes too. <laughs> and I went back and I thought, well, what, what went wrong with homeschooling? And what I think went wrong was that I just tried to do too much, too fast. I was trying to do it all. I was trying to, everything that I had seen and read and studied for all these years, because I kind of secretly thought maybe I wanted to homeschool, <laughs> I tried to do it all at once. And it Which terrible. I think so many of us do. Yes. Well, it you know, you're excited and, and you don't want to mess it up. It's your kid. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And so it's that combination of the huge responsibility of educating your child mixed with, it's like, I've got all these ideas because I've never done it before. So I'm new at it. So I'm going to try all these really great things and we're going to do them all. And it's going to be great and my child's going to turn out wonderfully and I'm never going to have to, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> it is a lot of pressure. Yeah. Self-inflicted. So, yes. So that's how we, that's how we came to homeschooling. So we both, um, we talked about this when we talked to Julie on the, um, Brave Writer Lifestyle podcast that we both were sort of these accidental homeschoolers that, I don't know. I, I sort of had secretly thought about homeschooling, but... Yeah, not at all. <laughs> that's what I was going to ask you. So it had never crossed your mind because you worked in schools and... I worked in schools. I just always figured I would raise my kids, stay home with them until they were school age, and then I would go back to work as a school psychologist and I'd be home with mother's hours and I'd meet them off the bus. Perfect. And that's just what I, it's what I knew. It's what I had done. It's what my husband had done. So I, it was not on my radar at all. (laughs) Sort of scared the bejesus out of me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think a lot of people do come to homeschooling that way. Mm -hmm. There's, we get, we get questions all the time and emails all the time from people who are like, all right, I just pulled my kid from school. Now what? And they might have kids who were going to preschool or they might have kids that were going to ninth grade, you know, right. But it's, it's scary and it's overwhelming. It is scary. We wanted to If you suddenly realize that the school just isn't working for your kid and your kid is unhappy or not being successful or coming home and crying every day, Mm -hmm. then you realize you have to do something and that can be scary. We knew our whole kindergarten year with my son. Like I should have pulled him. I wrote a post on that actually about my biggest regret is that I didn't just pull him and go with my gut. I knew the first couple, I knew before we sent him that it wasn't going to be a good situation, but I figured it was a half day of kindergarten and we would work it out with the school because I'm a school psychologist and they would, you know, (laughs) work with me. And it, it did. Yeah. And it's, you're going way against the grain when you say 
you know, you're going to homeschool. It's, that's a huge decision. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a life changing for everybody decision. So it's not, it's not, so, even if your gut is screaming at you, this isn't right. This isn't right. This isn't right. I think a lot of us maybe keep going anyway, because, well, what's the option? I'm going to be one of those right. crazy homeschoolers. I mean, come on. Or you think the school's getting to know him and then we'll work together and maybe by Christmas things will be different or, you know. Yes. That's what we kept doing. Exactly. Or then you think. We've got a year to well, figure this out. First yeah. grade will be awesome. It doesn't we'll make any sense to pull them, no. you know, in March. It'll be disruptive. <laughs> Because I went to my husband when my son was in the little church preschool and it was March. And I said, this is just not working. And he's like, but you have two months left and there's like a pet day. I mean, how hard is it? You know, (laughs) (laughs) but there's also, if you see that it's impacting your child in, in a negative way, you know, I mean, kids can very, very quickly get labeled and mislabeled mm-hmm. in, if they're in an environment that's not working for them. You know, I mean, my kid was active and I had a few people say things to me like, he's very active, isn't he? He seems very active. And I was like, <laughs> you mean like hyperactive? <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say right now? Yeah. He likes to climb on things, you know, but so... When he was home with me those other three days a week, every day we went to the park and every day he climbed. And then he would sit and he would listen to stories and he loved it. So he wasn't getting what he needed in that environment, but it was put back on him as, you know, he's very active. So, (laughs) and I was a young mom, you know, and you're insecure when you're a young mom and you think... Wouldn't it be easier to just go with what the experts are saying? This teacher has been doing this for 35 years. If she's saying he's active, maybe there's something going on. And she doesn't have time to take him out and make sure that he can climb for an hour before he listens to a story. But I did. So true. So. And in our case, at that time, my son was really, really a handful even for me. And there was a part of me that was like, are we going to drive each other crazy to be spending that much time? You know, do I need a, he was just really, he had sensory processing disorder at the time and he was super anxious and, um, very, could get overwhelmed really easily. And it was a hard, he was a hard kid to parent at that time. And it was amazing just taking away school, how much easier that got, which wasn't necessarily what I was thinking. Right. I knew it would remove some of the stress, but it was like a complete 180. And then to look back now at him at nine, it's just incredible. The amount of maturity and growth that I've seen. And I don't think it would be the same in school because we were able to work on the things that school wouldn't cover that were really hard for him. Right. Absolutely. So... The thing is, we, we can't go back and we can't change what we've done, but we can certainly like look at what, what we did and maybe some things that we took that were small missteps and learn from them and apply them to what we're doing now with our kids. So not to dwell on the negative at all, but mm-hmm. are there things looking back that 
you would do less of with like the experience you have now? Well, I would have pulled him earlier. I would have, I would have pulled everybody earlier. I would have, um, purchased less <laughs> Yes, at the outset <laughs> and just trusted that. I mean, it's funny to look at now we use a bunch of curriculum, but really what our, what my kids thrive on is just reading books that we get at the library and playing games, which a lot of the games I had already. So, you know, I could have done that. It's just that you think, oh, I need this textbook and I need this worksheet and this workbook because that's going to prove to whoever that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing with these kids when I pull them from school. Yeah. I, I think that there's kind of two camps where there's people that feel a lot of pressure to replicate school at home or at least replicate like that same level of learning at home. Mm -hmm. And then there's the people like me who read a hundred different homeschooling books and thought that I had to do all of them, (laughs) (laughs) which is, I mean, it's the same kind of thing. It's, it's, it's a homeschool, I guess, mindset versus like a public school mindset or whatever, but it's still, you're taking other people's expectations and ideas and you're putting all this pressure on yourself to recreate that in your home with sometimes one child, you know, (laughs) right. (laughs) Maybe, maybe you have younger ones too, but I mean, with your first one, it's like with one child and Mm -hmm a lot of those ideas are meant for teaching kids, you know, 30 at a time or, um, yeah, I, we ran around a lot when my kids were little and now I look back and I think, why did we feel like we had to go all these places and do everything? And why did I feel like I had to cram like every memory into them when, I ignored, you know, nap times sometimes for my baby because I didn't want my son to miss out on whatever, you know, Spanish story time. <laughs> <laughs> I did that for a little You bit. know, things like that. Um, so we just, I think we just did too much. Um, I compared too much. I saw... Oh, comparison. That's yeah. That's a big one. I mean, did you read like... Uh, I read a hundred blogs, you know, when I read everything. I have so many books. I still like, I read way, way, way too much. And I read every philosophy because I felt like, yes, I had to figure out what I was, but I've never Mm -hmm. been any of them. (laughs) Right. Right. And then you feel like, well, that Charlotte Mason had some good ideas. So I'm going to borrow those things from her. But on the other hand, Rudolf Steiner really figured Mm -hmm. things out. So I'm going to take some of his stuff. And then, you know, Susan Wise Bauer is saying this and this person saying, you know, and you read all the experts and John Holt, you know, what did John Holt (laughs) say? And so you're reading every single expert and you're thinking, well, I'll just take the best of all of them. And And do that. (laughs) Make like this pot of disgusting stew because none of the flavors are going to, you know, it it was, but. And then you have a kid that learns a different way that you just need to kind of, that's the biggest thing is just figuring out how each of your kids learn and then honoring that. Yes. Yeah. Because otherwise I think you get caught up in this like forcing things Mm -hmm. and the over planning and then it doesn't go how you dreamed it would, or it doesn't go how the lady on the blog wrote about it. 
And you think, you know, my kids are never going to like sit in a field of wildflowers together in their hand knit sweaters. And, (laughs) you know, this isn't how it looked on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't what it said on Pinterest. As people who write on the internet, that we only write about and have energy to write about the things that turned out okay. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) We're not. We're not showing you necessarily all those ugly moments. Although I always do appreciate it when somebody does. Like, again, Shauna Wingert taking the picture of her dirty sink, sink. you know, yes. and just trying to keep it real because otherwise, man, the expectations will kill you. You know, the yeah. <laughs> everybody is doing everything else. Well, no. I mean, you follow one account because she knits the beautiful sweaters and you follow right. the other account because she cans all the jam and you follow the other account because not, everybody's not doing all, all of Instagram, you know, and, <laughs> but, but it's hard. And I think we've got so much, we've got so much enthusiasm, but then there's maybe like a little part of us that feels like we have something to prove. You know, we want to prove yeah. the doubters wrong. The people who are saying, oh, you're going to homeschool? You know, like you just said, you're going to... Really? You know, <laughs> eat some weird kind of meat or like right. cut of, you know... You're going to eat tongue? Really? On purpose? <laughs> yeah. So There was a lot of that for me, and I've said it before. We're in a district that people move to for the school. So everyone would say... In this district, <laughs> right? School here, yeah. Yeah, I can. I can, and it'll be fine. Yeah, but it's it's hard to get those voices out of your head a little and think. Well, you know, if I can do this art project with my kids, even though they're four and one, that'll show them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> take that. <laughs> Lady yeah, at the farm stand. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> who you'll probably yeah. never see again. Like the lady at the grocery person. store who I really feel like I need to impress for some reason. I'll never though, see you again. Right? But. <laughs> yeah. There's just so much worrying. And part of what, part of what happens is you, you can't get perspective until years later. So you're going to worry. I mean, you're... You, You're going to worry about coughs and you're going to worry about, you know, potty training and you're going to worry about my two-year-old still wants to sleep in my bed and how am I ever going to get this child out of my bed? (laughs) And you're going to, you know, there's so many things that you're going to worry about anyway. Worrying is just, it goes with motherhood and so it goes with homeschooling. But it was interesting. I went to the Wild and Free Conference this past weekend and I saw... Rhea Berg speak and Sally Clarkson speak and you see these moms who have raised kids you know or you listen to Julie Bogart she's raised kids their kids are grown and they're they're so much calmer and more (laughs) (laughs) they turn out okay (laughs) they can they can speak in a way that you just you know in the trenches you just can't really you can't really get there as you know no matter how confident you try to be and no matter how much you try to not get caught up in it you're you're just you're gonna worry I guess but I I wish I could have worried less you know and I do too (laughs) and just enjoyed it more and so 
So, that's okay. The thing is the early years are so fun or they can be so fun if we just let them be fun. Yes. So that's the next question. What would you have done more of? Just books and games. Yeah. <laughs> you know, less forcing the other stuff. Like yep. that's it. It's, they learn that way. I love Sarah's post about, what is it, six ways to the early years? Sarah six McKenzie. ways to early years you won't regret, something That's like that. That's such yeah. a good post. It, it, yeah. It's funny. I wrote down books, and number one, and then underlined it three times. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't want to forget about that. That's, you know, just cuddling up with books and not feeling like, you have to make something out of the book, you know? No, just read the book and have fun. You can fun, read blueberries snuggle. for Sal without making blueberry muffins. If right. you want to make blueberry muffins, fantastic. That's great. That's wonderful. But if that is going to make you want to cry behind your refrigerator, it's okay to just read the book. Really. Mm-hmm. I mean, and... And it's okay to read that 17 times. <laughs> That's it is. all you read for one week because they get something from that. Yeah. Yeah. And if anytime your kid comes to you and hands you a book, I mean, if, Except. if the, if the one thing you can do in the early years with your kids is just stop what you're doing and read them that book they want to read, I think that's so much more valuable really than a lot of the other stuff that we're kind of told we're supposed to be doing or should be doing, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, have them trace letters in the sand with their fingers. Well, okay. Yeah. But you know, I mean, you're going to, you're going to, you can make yourself crazy. You can like Sundays used to be, we always talk about Sundays that you and I both have these Sundays where we're like, we just want them to be these peaceful, wonderful Days that we connect with our families, and instead we're usually voxering each other. Like, (laughs) I have a case of the Sundays, you know. But Sundays, I just yelled at my husband. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) because he ate all my chips. He's supposed to know that I want the counters clean now. It's three (laughs) p.m. Yes, he ate all my stress food. How could he? And or he gave it to the kids. Yeah, (laughs) those are my chips. How dare he feed our children? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but the the Sunday thing for me, a lot of it was born out of like Sunday feels like the day when I have to set everything right for the week ahead, and so Sundays used to be the day that I would run to the grocery store and I would run to the craft store and I would try to get everything ready for the week and I would try to plan everything and you know with little kids especially. Now I have older kids. So if I put something out, if I strew something, and I've also learned the lesson that strewing has to go along with um, like zero expectations. You put it out mm-hmm. there and nobody might pick up the book and that's fine and you have to be okay with it. But I didn't know that when my kids were younger. <laughs> and the other thing is little kids will have such big reactions to something. So it's like, we're going to read this book and it has bears in it and then we're going to color this bear and it's like you get this insane level meltdown of like falling out of the chair and you know like no you know and <laughs> and it's just so dramatic and you're you've built it up in your mind and it's like I spent my whole Sunday cutting out pictures of bears so we could make a bear collage or you know whatever you did and 
you know, I it's wish so I would have. That's why I'm laughing. It's yeah. Just, I just, I wish we I still have days like that where I'm just like, Oh, emotions are so high. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> my, my husband used to always say, because our youngest, we had a really hard time getting him to go, or our oldest, um, we had a really hard time getting him to go to sleep at night. And my husband used to always say, how, how old do they have to be where you can just reason with them? You know? And so <laughs> still working on it. The good thing is, as your kids get older, there's a little bit more of, okay, if you don't want to do the bear collage, we don't have to do the bear collage. And you know, it doesn't turn into the you know, the blue cup meltdown of 2007 or whatever, but (laughs) my, my youngest always goes, I don't remember why I'm crying. Exactly. (laughs) Neither do I. Exactly. And you know, is it really worth it for everybody to be miserable all day about the bear collage? No. No. And so, but you kind of have to learn that over time. So there's perspective. And you know, the other thing that I was thinking about is that, um, I think when our kids are really little, it's really hard to take into account our own needs as a homeschool parent. So true. And we feel like if we're not doing it all, we're, we're not doing enough. And it's exhausting. (laughs) It is exhausting. You get so up in your head and, you know, like crossing off the mental boxes of, you know, how much math did we do this week and how much history did we do this week? But then when you've been homeschooling longer, you can look back and see that you might've had like a really science heavy month. Like I was just looking at, I, I mentioned it in a previous episode that I'm using an online app called Seesaw to do our portfolio this year. And I'm just, I'm in love with it because it's so easy to use and it's free. And I can look back and I can tag what I put in there. So I can see that we've done a ton of science and nature this year and not as much writing as I did, as I would like to do, let's say. Not that we haven't been writing, but just it's very, it's very uneven right now. Yes. And But I know having homeschooled for however many years now that that's going to change, that right now we're just into science and then we'll get in, you know, with NaNoWriMo coming up, we'll get into writing and then we might not do as much science, but that's okay. Is a lot of your science outdoor type things? Yes. See, that's the thing too, is our science, we do a lot of science in fall and a lot of science Mm -hmm. in spring. Mm-hmm. We we don't do as much in winter, but we do. It's harder to. Like you said, you curl up, you're writing more, you're reading more, you know, you're doing different kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But that's hard too when you're just starting out and you've only been homeschooling for six weeks. Right. And you look back and you think, we haven't done enough writing. And you don't see it as because we've gone outside every single day or we've gone on all these great nature walks or, you know, we've been getting together with friends because it's so much easier to get together with friends when the weather's nice. You don't look at it that way. You just see six weeks, not enough writing. I'm failing. Hit the panic button. Everybody's Mm -hmm. writing Monday. I don't care what I have to do to make it happen. And everybody's crying. Right. (laughs) Right. And then... That's when you call your husband at four o'clock. Come home. Bring me chocolate. Yes. Because (laughs) it's like 
you know, I'm failing. And then I noticed I was failing, so I tried to fix it, and I failed harder. And it's it's awful. It's maddening. And <laughs> I remember those days. And I just, like, I want to, any mom like that, I want to invite her over and give her a cup of tea and be like, okay. <laughs> You've got <laughs> We're going to breathe. We're going to take deep breaths. It's going to be okay. And clear everything off your plate that you don't absolutely need to do right now and just read good books and just it's gonna it's gonna be all right yeah so much pressure and you know what's crazy is in our state you don't even have to homeschool start homeschooling until your kids are six us too so breathe (laughs) it's okay like Anything you're doing right now is just a bonus. (laughs) Yeah. A generation before us, did your parents go to preschool? No. My parents didn't go to preschool. I don't think it was common. I think, um, I don't even know if my mom went to kindergarten, if my parents went to kindergarten. I think, you know, there's been all this pressure to start school younger and younger and younger. And there's a lot of places around the world where they're finding that 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 doesn't even really make any difference. In the long run. I mean, I'm trying to think. There's an article that was circulating out there a while ago that talked about how, really, if your kid starts reading at five, six, or seven, or even older, by sixth grade, they're kind of evened out Mm -hmm. because it, it doesn't really make that much difference if you're trying. So to try to make this perfect school when your kids are teeny tiny. I mean, right. It's just too much pressure. Way too much. And then, so you're homeschooling your oldest. What if you have like little ones behind them? You've got babies. I mean, my goodness, they need naps. They need to, you know, eat. Yeah. Snuggle. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Make messes. That's why reading and, you know, audiobooks mm-hmm. are so good. Just, you know, read. And if the toddler's paying attention, super. If not, no worries. You know what? One of the, I don't know where this came from, but I am so grateful for wherever this little bit of inspiration came from. When my oldest was, my kids are three years apart. So when, when his sister was born, what we started doing was for her afternoon nap every day, we would play a game together. So sweet. And it was, and well, but here's the thing. At the time, it was not so sweet because he gave up his nap way too early. And I was like, <sighs> man, I thought I was going to have two kids napping at the same time. And I was going to be able to get all this stuff done because, I don't know, <laughs> somebody told me that or I read it in some book that, you know... Um, which by the way, if both your kids are napping at the same time for crying out loud, just like give yourself a minute. <laughs> oh my gosh. Put your feet up. Don't do, fold do not the do the dishes or fold the laundry. Um, even cup if, of tea and a good book. Yeah. Even if it's 15 or 20 minutes and then you fold the laundry, because if you're a person like me and you messes drive you crazy and you do need some clear space or you get all anxious, that's fine. But just give yourself a couple minutes at least of a deep breath. But he gave up his nap early and I thought, this is not fair. I have, I've been lied to by, you know, parenting experts. They're supposed to sleep at the same time. And I'm going to get like this two hour stretch to get so much done and it's going to be great. Well, I didn't, but instead I got one-on-one time with him, which he is huge, desperately needed with a new little sister in the house. 
and we played games. And I thought we were playing games because of the connection and because it was fun. But the learning is huge with so many games. And Kate is the game master, you guys. So (laughs) we need to link to all your game posts about... You just wrote another (laughs) great one for Simple Homeschool. And you've got um, posts that break it down by subject. So that if you do feel like we've done a lot of science this month, we haven't done as much math this month... Tons of tons of great math games and all kinds of games. I'm a little bit so. addicted. <laughs> it's amazing though, because you've done all the work for us. So <laughs> you you make it easy. <laughs> oh, but not perfect. As I always say in the game school group that I have, like my kids cry over I mean you can hear them in the background right now. <laughs> they fight over. It's not perfect. No. <laughs> No, but we do like to play, even if someone occasionally flips a board or cheats or yes. you know, calls somebody else a bad name. <laughs> well, because, okay, that's one more earlier thing. Can we hit on real quick that yeah. there's a lot of pressure, um, you know, because you're homeschooling, that you're going to have these siblings that always love each other every minute and they get along and everything's perfect. And oh. they hold hands <laughs> and take pictures. You shared like, you shared such a good I mean, I love this that you do this because you shared such a good picture where it's like this idyllic scene of your child and you're like, it looks perfect, right? Well, guess what? Because it, you know, I mean, kids are still kids. That was Wednesday. If they're homeschooled, that doesn't mean that they're going to automatically have this, I was going to say perfect behavior, but it's not even perfect because it's like, it's a little spooky. I mean, you want kids with personality, right? You don't want them to just... (laughs) We we went to the lake with my friend Samantha, who writes for the blog Star the Wonder, and it was beautiful. It was like a perfect fall day. The weather was perfect. You did not want to go inside. And my kids were so mean to each other. It wasn't her. It wasn't her child. They were just so horrible that eventually I was like, I just I gotta go. Like I gotta call this one. And we went home and I gave them each a game or a book, and they were not allowed to be in the same room as another person. <laughs> We just, we call that quiet time. <laughs> well, it was like quiet time, but my boys share a room. So like, you just I know, need to find a corner in a different, like I just, everyone self-included. Cause I was at the point where I was like, why are you, why? <laughs> I was feeling sort of resentful because it was such a nice day. So I was grabby too. I was like, that I need to go inside. And, but yeah, it's, you don't get to see that on the internet as much, I think, but right. it happens. Right. But we have to, we have to have, <laughs> I have witnesses, <laughs> reasonable expectations for ourselves and reasonable expectations for our kids, because mm-hmm. otherwise you will turn into me that year that in December I'm calling the preschool, enrolling my kid. And you know, that was, I was desperate. I felt like I was failing. I was scared. Mm-hmm. And And there's seasons like that where you think about sending them back or, you know, would it be better? I think everybody has those thoughts sometimes. (laughs) That's part of it though, I think. And if you can just seriously, I mean, how many times have we said this now? I feel like we're, we're beating a dead horse, but you know, grab a book, pour a cup of tea, breathe, you know, it, I mean, if you have time for reading the book, the read aloud handbook by Jim Trulise is amazing. And it has all this research in it that, uh, that shows that the single most important thing you can do for your kids 
until they leave home is to read aloud to them. If you do that and there's research in there. So if you're having trouble, you know, feeling like that's enough, you need to just read that book. I don't know if there's an audible for that, but that is like the best book for parents. And there's been so many episodes of the Read Aloud Revival where Sarah McKenzie has talked to people to get that same kind of, mm-hmm. if you're an analytical person, you know, and you, you if want... If you need the data. Yeah. Um, and you, yeah, you want the statistics and you want the proof. You know, there's been a bunch of those kinds of podcasts too where... And then she talks to homeschool moms who have done it too. And they talk about the difference that it's made. And how it's provided not only, you know, their kids have, their vocabulary has been broadened and they've mm-hmm. learned new ideas and they've come up with creative inspiration from books, but that books become a way that, you know, they're connected and their kids want to come back home and talk about books. And isn't that, that's what we all want, right? That's what we're right. for. It's the connection. Is, yeah, because we want to connect with our kids. And because even though it's scary as hell, we made the choice mm-hmm. to keep our kids home with us. You've got it, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. What about joy? What is bringing you joy this week? Okay, this is so cheesy, but I, so we have a busy fall in the evenings. I think I mentioned this on another podcast, just we, the curlies go to bed early, <laughs> just for this. We, we're up early and my kids should really be in bed early, but we have soccer and we didn't, we weren't given the best practice for curlies <laughs> this year. So it's later than I would like to have anybody out. And it's most days of the week at this point with three kids. So I started I'm not very good at meal planning. So when we talk about strengths and weaknesses, <laughs> I'm not good at meal planning or folding laundry and putting it away. Even though I'm good <laughs> at keeping up with it. But, um, so I, on Saturdays plan what I'm going to make in the crock pot for dinner. And then I do curbside pickup for groceries on Mondays and I throw everything Mondays like my day and I th- get everything ready. And then we've had dinner every single night, usually soup. And then I invested in these little thermoses for the kids and myself. And so if I have, I also have it one child who is so slow with everything, he does, like everything he does and his meals can drag on and he's actually, he's eating and he's chatting and he's telling you all about life, but they drag on forever. And I took the stress out of it because if he's not done, he can just take his to go. Or if we're running late, we all take ours to go. And it has made it so less stressful. My husband comes home, he has dinner whenever he gets home. And it's just made like the chaos between the thermos, the crock pots, and um, I got this coffee mug that I put tea in called the Contigo. I think everybody has this brand and I just learned about it. Do you have one? No. It brings me such joy. So I'm going to link to it in the show notes, but it's this travel mug that you can literally, you can lock it. And you can, when it's locked, you could throw it in your purse on its side or upside down and it will not spill. Oh, that's amazing. I need one of those for co-op because every single week I'm carrying in like all this stuff for the classes and everything else. And I get in and I've got, yeah. And the thing is my, my travel mug keeps things very, very, very hot, which is lovely. Except when it's burning me the whole way I'm walking into co-op. That's okay. Definitely link to that because I, I want one. And I have, so like, you know, I don't, 
I have travel mugs. So I was like, I can't invest in a new one. I have these mugs, but I was like, but I hate them. (laughs) Yeah. I I donated them. I got two of these and they are, I can't even tell you. I bring them on hikes. You can toss them in a backpack. They are not going to spill. They keep things hot. They're amazing. That's perfect. So those in the thermos and my two old crock pots are just bringing me such peace. I love it. (laughs) Otherwise, like, you know, it's still a little chaotic at bedtime, but at least everyone's full. <laughs> yes. That's great though. I mean that you've, you've figured out a strategy and I love the, the moment. thermos <laughs> idea. That's really smart. That's yeah. really, really smart. And, it, and it's perfect. It's soup weather. I mean. Well, it wasn't for what I was <laughs> I was doing this. And I was like, you guys, I know it's 89, but <laughs> it is dinner. This so is going to work. Eat it. If you just. You're just going to eat it. Two so, more weeks. During the two hot weeks. <laughs> My kids ate it for. <laughs> I was like, if you don't want to take soup on the sidelines, I get it. You just eat in the air conditioning at four. <laughs> that's a, Have that's a banana great, when you though. go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, they're going to be sick of soup, but it's fine. It's dinner and it's healthy and it's making life easier. Well, good. <laughs> no one else is cooking. So. I want some of your soup recipes. Yeah, they're all from the. Yeah, I'll send them to you. A lot okay. of them, I think we have the same cookbooks, but I can link to those too. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. I am also, it, mine is like, I just love fall and the leaves are starting to get crunchy and yes. fall is my favorite time to walk around my neighborhood and listen to an audiobook. And we talked last time about how much I love Outlander, but I only listen to Outlander books in the fall in the winter. I don't know why I have weird things like that. I have fall books and things, but the kids and I have been going out for, and this is kind of connected to what we were talking about today. The kids and I have been going out for lots of like hikes and I'm remembering that fall was always the time of year when I got all excited about school starting and it was always apples and pumpkins and things. And we would go out and we would like collect leaves for projects on our nature hikes. And we would collect acorns for projects on our nature hikes. And, you know, it was just, it was like such a cozy, wonderful school feeling. And so looking back, I would definitely say I would have gone on, you know, lots of nature hikes with my kids and just enjoyed that time being out um, with them. But the kids are remembering that now. And it's so nice because sometimes... you built those moments. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes when you have little kids, it's hard to do things, you know, mm-hmm. and you just want to, you know, I had the ergo baby carrier... Mm-hmm. for my daughter and it wasn't always easy to put on and sometimes you know somebody wants to walk that isn't really totally 100% walking quickly <laughs> oh my god or somebody doesn't want to walk and you end up carrying a child the entire way back and all those and things and going to the chiropractor and the next- <laughs> yeah and you just find yourself thinking like is this worth it you know well mm-hmm. i'm starting to feel now like it was worth it i guess so so worth it. Yeah. You know, we've been, we hike a lot. We're lucky to just have trails just in our town that we can access. But um, when we started doing our nutrition study, when we came back to school, the kids got really interested in health and what's healthy and 
movement. And so then they were like, well, maybe we could do a challenge and we could hike every day. And I was thinking to myself, we sort of do, I say hike, hike in quotations. We go for walks. It's not like we're not scaling mountains, but, um, (laughs) it's amazing. Even though we were sort of doing that to make it a priority and just say that we're going to do it, how much happier we are all are. Yes. And we've had a couple mornings where we learn best in the morning and my kids are most efficient in the morning, but there's been some times where they're just bickering or not listening or not focused. And I'm like, let's just flip flop it and we'll go out and hike with no timetable, just see what we see, go until we want to go come back and then, you know, have a snack or have lunch or something and then learn in the afternoon. And it's, it doesn't seem like it would work, but it works. Yeah. So it's just, it's part of that whole self-care thing, but it's good. It's good for everybody. Well, it's like the last child in the woods and the, what is it? The vitamin N? Is that his yes, other and the nature principle? And there's all these articles that I've seen recently talking about the benefits of hiking, and you know it goes it goes so much beyond you know a little bit of physical exercise, and you know maybe you spot a cool wildflower and you can talk about it, or there's a bird, or you know what mm-hmm. have you. It's like it's so good, um, anxiety wise, or oh you know just. Um, you know, they talk about that the something about the green kind of like, I mean, there's just, there's like a forest bathing. Yes. Right? Yes. That's the big, yeah. yeah. And there's just so many benefits to it. So, and you're learning because, so we had two mm-hmm. things in the last like two weeks that were really interesting. We, my youngest and I, the one that did I talk about this on the last podcast? I can't remember when it happened. He is so slow and my big kids were at art class and I was just hanging out with him and we were walking at our like one mile an hour pace. And we saw an owl like right there with us. And we were just hanging out with an owl and that wouldn't have happened if I was rushing him or if we were being chaotic, you know, it was because I was with the slow poke and we were just meandering that we happened on this owl. And then the other cool thing was we were reading a book about, um, I think it's Jim Arnosky Mm -hmm. and he does really cool photographs and art and sketches. Yeah. Yeah. He has a whole series. He's been around forever. And we were reading his wild tracks book and then it had just rained the previous day. And we were like, you know what? Let's not do school right now. Let's go out and see if we can find any tracks because it was raining yesterday. And we found a bear print that was perfect. And we ended up, it it was in a spot that wasn't on a, we were sort of off trail. Mm -hmm. And so the kids told their nature teacher about it and she went to go look at it and they've never found a bear print in this area as well. (sighs) Like, like they've been showing field trips at this nature center wow. the bear print that we found. And it's like, that's cool. Like if you take time to pause and just follow your kids yes. and see what they're, you learn stuff. It's just, it's setting that expectation aside and trusting that you're going to learn something. Yeah. You know what I love about what you said, where, you know, by going at your son's pace, you were able to see something amazing happen. Like that's, that's the Mm -hmm. takeaway from this whole episode (laughs) of, you know, those early years with your kids, I think is just so uh, parents listening. Remember the owl. Um, (laughs) Seriously. Remember like by, by just slowing down and going, because 
the kid, kids don't feel the pressure of society no. to like, you know, oh, I have to learn and I have to compete with the kid that lives down the street who's in school or I have to do this. Kids don't feel that. Kids just like, they just go at their own pace. And if we can slow down to that pace, I think that's where, that's where the beauty is. So, right. All right. Well, it has been so good talking with you today. I've enjoyed our time travel uh, back in time. (laughs) And everybody remember, you can head to audibletrial.com slash sisters to get a free audiobook. But there's also a ton of affordable audible, a ton of affordable audible books on sale right now. So we can link to some of those if we find some good deals and and come comment on the show notes and tell us what you're reading yes absolutely and go follow sd smith on instagram because he's <laughs> hashtag our got help yeah hashtag favorite author very good okay well i'll talk to you soon all right okay have a good week everybody <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'd love to answer your question next, so head to our site, thehomeschoolsisters.com, and click on Ask Us a Question. We share posts over there, too, and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes so we can connect with more sisters out there. And until next time, remember, you've got this, sister. Sister.